Good morning and welcome to another rep. My name is Steve Hagen and I am back on the beach. It's a beautiful day out here. And I am on Longbow Key in Florida, right across the bay from Bradenton, just a little bit north of Sarasota, just to try to give you some landmarks of where I'm at. And um, it's a beautiful morning. I got out here at about 6.15. It's about 7 o'clock right now. And uh, just been out here enjoying this waves. Hopefully you can hear the waves in the background. Um, Hopefully it doesn't just sound like a bunch of noise because it's definitely not a bunch of noise. It's really, really pretty. The water's flat. The sun is just about hitting it right now. It's coming up over the horizon behind my left shoulder. And uh, it's just it's just really pretty. I'm waiting for a friend of mine to come down here, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit this morning. I think you're really going to enjoy him, too. But, um, you know, I was thinking about this as I was journaling and reading my Bible. The... Uh, the one there's there's so many things that have stuck out to me in my life of coaching and and fathering and uh, just leading in general. But one of the things that I learned from Coach Holtz, Lou Holtz, when I was coaching at Notre Dame a long time ago, he said, "You either don't know or you don't care," and that stuck with me and forever. It's it's in my fiber, and when I got it. When I first heard it, I was like, wow. I mean, he nailed it. And I don't know if he invented that or God invented that. I'm thinking God invented it the more I read my Bible because there's no reason to not know. And um, you give yourself reasons to not care. You give yourself excuses. But there's no reason to not know. There's too much information, too much uh, opportunity to figure it out, to know. We got friends, we got people, we got the internet, we got, we got, we have so much at our fingertips that uh, there's no reason to not know. Now, you may be too young, but most of us are just too dumb. Like, I've been too dumb in a lot of different situations. But you either choose to know or you don't. So you either don't know or you don't care. And uh, I think Coach Holtz nailed that. And um, it's helped me. It's helped me raise my kids as a father. And it's helped me lead our football teams as a coach and as a leader. And um, it's just been such a great tool to take with me. So one of the best tools that you should have or can have is experience, right? Because once you've done something... You should know about what's going on, and you can either do it better the next time or don't ever do it again because it didn't work out so well the first time you did it. So experience gives you that, that foresight. It also gives you hindsight. It gives you a lot of sight. It gives you a lot of vision, you know. And um, I tell this to my guys all the time, too. Disciplined eyes make disciplined feet. And... When you see something, when you key something, when you, when you feel it, you should be able to walk that way. You should be able to go that way. And you go that way faster if that's, if that's the keys that you're getting with your eyes. Like when linebackers, they key, they key through the O-line to the backfield and they see what's going on in the backfield. They can key and those keys make their feet go fast. It all goes through their eyes and their mind, and, it, and it, it trains their body to react quickly. It's the same thing in life. It's the firemen have that same thing. They have that sense of, hey, we're going to go in and, and rush into this blazing building. You know, fishermen. I'm sitting out here on the beach, and I see these guys driving their boats around, and they're, they're, uh, they're out here trying to catch a fish. The disciplined eyes, they know. Knowing eyes see more, right? Knowing eyes see more. And so, um, just like, you know, I'm, I'm reading the Bible this morning, and, and it gives you that knowledge. You either don't know or you don't care, right? So, when you read the Bible, it fills your mind and your soul 
with knowledge, like like aged process knowledge, centuries and centuries and centuries of proven experiences and proven knowledge. And if we choose not to do what we're reading about, then we just don't care. And if we don't care, that's that's shame on us. I mean, that's just shame on us. Hey, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is Michael Moreau. And, uh, well, you tell me how we met on the beach. Okay. Because I didn't really meet you. You came and met me. I met you. I met you. <laughs> okay, I've been coming to this beach for a number of months now. I'm down here to help my brother get well. And basically, I've come to the beach to get in the water, walk on the sand, get some electrons in my feet, and, get, uh, and have a good time with sometimes we get waves for Boogie Boy. <laughs> We're on the Gulf Coast. We don't get waves. And, and, you know, I'm talking two or three footers that every once in a while a swell comes in. See these people down here? They're praying for a storm. Why? The surf is great. No one's on the beach, but... <laughs> but hey, I'm not praying for a storm because I like sitting here when there's no wind and... <laughs> We have a word for people like that, but that's okay. <laughs> they like the calm serenity. That's fine. Surfers love hurricanes. That didn't My man, Michael, is, how old are you, Michael? 71. 71. Yeah. He is the youngest 71, healthiest. He's the tan man. He is just a, just a great sport. So anyways, anyway, how'd you meet me? We'll get into why uh, that's important with the sun, et cetera, later, another time. But m- meeting Steve was just very... Very unusual. Turn your chair this way so you're... Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got to kind of talk like this or the people won't hear us. We're manipulating this. This is our uh, set out here on the beach. We're learning as we go. (laughs) A work in progress. You think I'm close enough? Yeah, I think so. Okay. At any rate, so I come to the beach, and I'm a person that, as of late, it almost seems as if um, the Lord the king, the creator, is having me look at people yeah, and notice something about them, not on purpose, just it's very serendipitous. If I see somebody walking and they have new shoes on or something, or they have new sandals that are like, whoa, uh, or a shirt or a woman with earrings that matches her eyes or something, I'm starting to see that visual uh, where at a younger age, I really didn't pay attention to it. I'm more of a uh, science geek. Are you? And I actually have a microscope at home where I look at uh, people's blood profiles under the screen. So it goes right to television. That might be a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show because it's like you're looking at your aquarium. Yeah. And when people look at it and go, yuck, what's that? So, you know, there's a commercial on TV, the the most fascinating man on it's the i think it's a tequila commercial that guy has nothing on you (laughs) (laughs) this guy so anyways sorry to interrupt it's okay that's what i like about you you're a great interviewer and host because (laughs) you allow people to breathe you know and not be uh focused on a nervousness or anxiety so that's great uh and normally, with a microphone, it, it kind of sets people up for, ooh, now I have to be yeah, somebody else. I'm yeah. not ready for a speech. Okay, fine. Me neither. Yeah. Because I told you how I got this microphone. This is the third one I got at Best Buy because <laughs> they don't let you try them out in the store. So you go get one, and you try it out, and it sounds funky or fuzzy, and you're like, nah. Got to go take back. It back. So this is the third one. So if this interview doesn't go great. Well, it won't be because of you. It'll be because of the bad microphone. We'll get a new one. It's a very interesting marketing strategy. Let's keep <laughs> them coming back because eventually they're going to see something they have and to buy. And they have buy. to pay more for yeah. the next one, whatever. Anyways. Whatever the reason, that's fine. Uh, I understand. It's it's electronics. Uh, okay, so back to the speech thing. And I'm, I'm pointing things out. The day I walked down the sand ramp here and, and walked and made my little left-hand turn, and went by your area, I noticed your hat. And it's really, Area 51. I'm sorry? I was in Area 51. Exactly. <laughs> Have anything to do with your age? <laughs> no, I'm actually nine years older than that. Or eight, we would have never eight known three that. three-quarter years older than okay. that. Okay. <laughs> 
So it's area 60 where it's almost area 59 and three quarters. Okay. Uh, that may be a great way to, to reference things in the future. <laughs> you know, instead, it keeps moving. Instead know. of 51. Oh, true, true, true. Well, the other way to do that is the negative way. I'm in area 60 minus 9. Yeah, <laughs> true. That, that way, the minus makes people go, what's he talking about? He's a scientist. Okay, you. so here we are. I'm, I'm walking on the beach. I see uh, the hat. And the hat is strikingly different than most hats on this beach. This is a cowboy-looking right. hat, and it's, it's, it's just got a very nice look because it actually fits your head, fits your face, and you have it folded down a little bit, yeah. and you have it where it comes flares in the back. So yeah. I, I saw that. You need and, to get one like this. And Well, at one point I will. I have my other... Um, yeah, you have more like a straw sombrero type. Kind of like version. I'm going to go bass fishing yeah. or something like that. Yeah. At any rate. It's and good, I, though. I, I like, like the color of it. Yeah. Uh, when I get to Nashville, maybe I'll get one. Yeah. Like that. that way <laughs> I, can wait. Be, I can be out of place. You know, What's he doing with that hat here? You know? Yeah, you can't go to Nashville with that hat. Yeah. They'll shoot it off. <laughs> you can. You're the, William Telefax. <laughs> okay. So here I am walking by. I'm I, making this a long story. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> that's no problem. We're having fun here. Feet in the sand, sunshine. That's right. Listening to the waves lapping in the background. Nobody's come to the beach yet with a, a boom box to blow us away. So <laughs> that's right. we have serenity for a while. <laughs> At any rate, I'm walking by. And I see the hat, and it's not like I'm mentioning to people, oh, can we? Well, that shows you how organic our show is. We have to take a phone call when we got to take a... It's live. It's exciting. That's like you just said, a station break. And it's a station break, but we don't have anything to sell, so that's not (laughs) what we're about. We'll figure out. We'll sell something. At any rate, um, so I'm walking by, I see the hat, and and I want to make sure people understand, it's not as if... I wrote a little note to myself, make sure you notice somebody today. Yeah, right. This is extremely spontaneous. It's extremely uh, organic. It's just happening. And I appreciate it because it lets me appreciate people or their dog or their cat or their car. Yeah, you had told me when after we had talked for about, I don't know how many minutes, but you said... Uh, I just wasn't going to let this opportunity go by. I've let so many of them go by before. Yes. Okay. I see the hat, and I'm walking, and it's almost as if my mind said, should I or shouldn't I? <laughs> because with guys, you, you like his hat. Like, yeah, w- w- right. no, but no other guy says that to me. So I, I like that. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, because but actually, you know what? I've had a lot of compliments on this hat since I've been here. Okay, and that's the reason. There you it, go. It gives you a definition. Not to diminish your compliment, but... No, it defines who you are in a different aspect. It just takes it to a different dimension. All right. Because you're... You're who you are. Cool, super but cool. But the hat tops it off. <laughs> Unintended. It's right there on the top. That's right. And it, and it draws attention to something about you within the character. The hat has character. So you're, you're and I'm going. There's a character under the character. Yes, the, within okay. the character of the hat, wow. there's a character. All right. And it could go either way, but this one is very nice, this character. <laughs> and, and very profound. So. I go by, and I actually walk by you, and I just, it, it was almost automatic. I said, nice hat. And you said thank you to some degree, yeah. and we started a conversation, and now here we are. That's how that happened. And, and that was really, like three weeks ago. Right? Three weeks ago. Yeah. What was exciting for me is that we had a conversation, we're talking about uh, divine meetings or running into people serendipitously and having this stuff happen that's like where did this come from right you know then the thought occurred to me this is a divine appointment that's what it is you said that too as well and i realized what a concept how many divine appointments have i missed yeah because I have missed them. I'll tell you the story about Brian Wilson, how I missed yeah. that. Yeah, uh, the okay. Beach Boys, Brian Wilson? I'm sorry? The Beach Boys, Brian The Wilson? real Brian Wilson Beach Boy, way back when. Yeah. Okay. So what a cliffhanger. You're going to leave us hanging? I'm going to let you hang because okay. we still have to finish the Steve, yeah. <laughs> the hat. All right, so we hit it off. We're talking We're talking about uh, our, our lives, our, our 
our families, etc., uh, why we're here at the beach. Uh, then I asked him a question. The next thing I know, he's friggin' coaching people in the NFL and colleges, and it's like, oh, oh okay. Uh, and I actually said to him, that's a you. That's huge. It's a big. You did deal that. because, and I've been living it, so I don't ever. You're think it's inside that. the yeah. forest, going. I'm just a leaf in the woods, yeah. and and I went. You gotta be friggin' kidding me because <laughs> the skill set that goes along with all of that is not just a skill set. It's a friggin' skill wagon. It's got. Wow, it's just got you. so many layers of stuff. I appreciate uh, that. leadership, etc. So this, I don't know if you've noticed this just in the short time we've been talking, but this is a wordsmith. This guy, just keep listening. Just keep listening. I have fun. <laughs> That's right. And, and you, believe it or not, uh, if we could segue, I used to be a quiet, introverted kid. I never said a word. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is. I was born uh, in Amityville, New York, and a family with within the confines of, of Catholicism. So we went to Catholic school. You grew up in Catholic school. I grew up in Catholic school. Okay. My mother knew Latin. My mother was a music. Oh, my wife major. would love you. Okay. My wife. Te- we homeschool, and she's taught all our kids Latin. And our all oh our, my goodness, all our kids are like, what the? Why do we need this? The, it's got the root of every single word. You know where say the word is say it, say it. it. It's friggin' unbelievable. I wish I had more of that, but she would be teaching. Are you listening to this, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> Amy, congratulations. Yeah. I homeschool my son from ninth grade on uh, because it wasn't going good. Uh, the, the only letter we saw was an F, and it really got sad because I would say that the social environment took over and the entrapments of uh, street paraphernalia, et cetera, or, or hanging out for hours it took over, and, yeah. and it really became problematic. At any rate, uh, he now has graduated high school. He's got his uh, diploma, and he went on to be uh, become a construction worker uh, for Oregon, Oregon, Washington, Carpenters Union. So he's not he's banging nails, having a great time. Good. He gets up at friggin' 5 o'clock or 5.30, whatever, to get to his job. This, guy, this is a guy that used to sleep into 11. Yeah, and you couldn't entice him out of so bed. So he found with, what he liked. He found he found his uh, yeah, innate. Uh, uh, I'm going to say partner yeah. in life, and he just eats it up. He, I call it. I said when I was a kid in high school, we used to say, "Let's go chew," meaning that's what reps were. We go chew the steel. Yeah, okay. let's go chew it, and uh, we'll pass a guy in the hallway. Are you chewing today? Yeah, I'm going to go chew. What time? I'm gonna, I'll be there right after. Chewing today is a whole different deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so chewing today is their thing. It's chaw, yeah. tobacco. Yeah. Okay. Which, okay. It's a whole different world. Let's, let's get back to chewing. Uh, so that's what my son done. He's, he's almost, what, deadlifting 500 pounds. So what? He's, he's friggin' turning into an animal. Yeah. He's got a trainer the whole nine yards. All right. So let's get back. What happened with uh, being raised in that environment? Here's my mother's phrase. Children are to be seen and not heard unless called upon. Right. Well, you grow up at three and four and five with that world. Yeah. You don't talk. And then you go so into it. That's what caused you to be an introvert, you think? Yes. Yeah. Then you go in, because if you do step out of line, your mouth is washed with soap or you're slapped or yeah. something comes along with it that is a, it's not a reward. And so then you're in school and you're also not allowed to talk. You can raise your hand and ask a question. Right. But I was so intimidated, I didn't want to raise my hand. So what brought this chatter bug? Box what happened out with of you? the chatter? <laughs> well, the chatter we have to go to um, a person. You, you're not. You're not um, an introvert. This is what I should have been when yeah. I was a younger person. But I had to go through it to. You should have been the guy holding the mic, and uh, you yep. should have been. It ain't right. So. What got me out of chattering, and this is a whole different thing for another conversation. I well, ran it sounds in, like we're going to have a lot of conversations. Yes, it's, unfortunately we are. <laughs> it depends on the population yeah. of the people who go, uh, get this guy out of my yeah. life. <laughs> He's annoying me. Okay, so I ran into a, a gentleman who actually worked in Area 51, if we're going to wow. drop references, and uh, for so many years, you know, three decades. So when I met him, he said, uh, 
I said, so what's it like? He goes, you're, I've seen things you're never going to see. Yeah. And that was it. I, I, you know, no need to go any deeper. And what he did is uh, he looked at the universe, he looked at God's creation, and he reversed engineered what actually precipitate, um, evaporation condensation of precipitation is doing. It's actually changing the bond angle of hydrogen. Okay, we're at too far out there. What it's doing is making water more coherent and less dense. And now your body has an affinity to just let it in and not work at breaking the micro clusters of all, this, all of the water molecules that are not 120. 120 allows for a perfection, so to speak. And any other water is usually 90 degrees, which is going to clump together and wind up having you break the molecular bonds down. So you've got to work now to get that water in. Okay, so he created a device for that. I started drinking, and he said to me, you drink one glass of this, and the universe will open up to you what's going on. Really? Now, the, the point of this is I understood that utilizing tap water, other waters, yeah. any other waters... Uh, the listener can uh, just put in that computer chip to go, oh, what about this water? What about All of it basically is going to work with a 90 degree, possibly it could go a little higher. You can get a bond angle of in the 80s. Okay, still not close enough. Right. You want, when, when that football's that thrown, you, you want started. that ball with a certain pressure because you want to spiral it. You want it to go where yeah, it's supposed there you to go. go. Yeah. That changed everything because then I started to serendipitously run into people. And through other people that I've listened to and interviewed, it basically was uh, the pineal gland of most people is being calcified Wow. from fluoride and chlorine. Okay. okay. Big deal? Yeah. yeah. Because if your pineal gland gets more calcified, you can't get your antenna, can't get the signal that God or the universe is trying to send you because it's basically being deflected. Yeah. And I, I, I'm living proof to see that, uh, living proof with my brother, we can get into that at some other time, uh, who didn't want to live. I sent him one of these. He started drinking, and the next thing you know... He wanted to live. So it changes people because, once again, this is our God-given birthright to have water that sustains us right. in the right way, not something that somebody decided they're going to put something in. Uh, I don't want to ruin the marketing world. But, once again, I'm for... I'm a person about solutions and not problems. I spent most of my life quiet and living in problems. And once, once things started to open up for me and once this happened, there's no turning back because the desire is to get the football and I'm going to get the touchdown if I have to crawl. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Okay, and then you get ready for another play. That's basically what happened to me. And I, I thank the Lord above that, wow, who am I? You know, I'm just Joe Schmo. And who the heck am I to want run into this technology? And now I understand. Uh, since five years old, I had polio. It was paralyzed flat out. Could only move my eyes. So I'm going to say... When you were five years old, you Five years polio. old. Basically what happens... And you grew up in Long Island? Long Island, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Should Jeez. I say that differently? I grew up <laughs> no, in Long Island, like a... New York. You know the place. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. You know Trump. He's out of New York. Ooh, boo. Okay, whatever. He's out of New York. He's a New Yorker. He uses the language the way it was meant to be. I call it, I call it spices. It's like you're putting a meal together. You throw in some oregano. You throw in a little bit of spice, a little Thai pepper or something. He's using, and other New Yorkers use, shall we say, cuss words. It's spice. And I always say, I said to my son, you can use spice. Whatever those words are, the S word, okay, the BS word, okay, yeah. you can use the spice around your buddies and around men. I never want to hear it around young kids or women. Not acceptable. Yeah. And one day somebody called me and I heard him saying it and I, I gave him the right act and that was the end of that. Yeah, you gave him some spice. I gave him some spice big time. <laughs> I waterboarded him with spice, basically what I did. At any rate. He said he waterboarded him with spice. <laughs> the great 
we created a great relationship. He moaned and complained, but at, at, at some point he realized um, the purpose of that is a human being, especially different ages, uh, and you have to use language that is age-appropriate or gender-appropriate because there's no need to prove to some mother that you can say every cuss word in the book, yeah, like, right. I'm cool. I right. said, that's the lowest thing you can do. You're, yeah. you're actually um, insulting a woman or insulting a child. You're, you're deranging a child. There's a time when that child will learn those words. Right. Appropriate for the street or appropriate for a fight. Whatever it is, let it be. Yeah. You don't have to give him a PhD when he's eight years old. What's appropriate in Long Island may not be appropriate in... That's right. In Nashville, no way. Yeah, maybe, no way. Maybe not. Maybe. And, and not, maybe a different version of well, it. Well, today it's different. <laughs> but back then in the day, you didn't get people in Nashville no. walking down the street spitting and cussing like that. No, yeah. So, hey, Michael and I, we get, you know, we get to talk in and out here. And, and then, you know, he's, he's told me he grew up in a Catholic school. And it just piques my interest. Anytime anybody starts talking about God, the creator of the planet, and the whole universe for that matter. But, um so then he brings out this Bible, and I think I actually think it's like the original. Bi- <laughs> well, this is it's original to you, but it might be original to the planet too. I yeah, mean, yeah, this thing yeah. is beautiful. We're only teasing you, but it may. Somebody told me that it might have been in Moses' back pocket, but yeah. I don't know that for sure. I don't have proof. I don't it's have just, the photo. It's so cool because it's it's you can tell it's well loved. It hasn't been sitting on a. Uh, a shelf. It's well loved it's and, been. <laughs> and uh, been opened more than once. And it's, it's got the. Um, does everybody out there know what silver duct tape looks like? Yes. <laughs> That's the binder. Silver duct. It's silver. been so worn. I've glued it many times. The only thing that works is the aluminum. I'm going to put a silver. picture of that on, I on mean, this thing. It it's holds classic. it together. And then did you scotch tape the top yep. to make it more waterproof or something? It, it just Well, it actually had a glossy finish on okay. it. Okay. And, and that's how it came. Uh, New American Standard. So there's a few segues here. How did I get the book? Who recommended the book? We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that happened to me at four before polio, pre-polio, yeah. was we lived in a cottage on a place, a stretch of land, seven acres, called Old Mill Farm. It used to be a grist mill in New York, in okay. Amityville. And they take their flour there. Okay. After that happened and it dilapidated and the waterfall fell apart, basically... <clears throat> It had three and a half acres of pond, <clears throat> lily pads, frogs, turtles, ducks, the whole thing, swans. You know, you yeah. have native birds flying in there when they're trip to the south or back up north. They're going, hey, let's get to watering hole. I can't miss it. Let's get to Mike's let's, house. Let's yeah. land. And it's huge. And so I, as a young child, felt that I was privy to the Garden of Eden. Oh, I bet. Uh, without a doubt, because my mother had talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I bet. And so here's this Garden of Eden, and then I'm in it, and I basically was, I consider myself like, a, now once again, with with Latin, you're going to get big words. Caretaker. Well, three years old, I'm talking about caretakers. I'm talking about being incorporated. It's like, yeah. why? Because her language was really uh, above and beyond, and when we would drive down the street, I'd see... Mom, what does that mean? The Inc. Village of Amityville. I could recognize a word, but the Incorpor—I didn't know what that was. It yeah. was incorporated. It has a board of directors. She's always explaining. Yeah. I just lost it at that. But you're four re- years old. Three, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. I recognized the word, and she would always be using large language, and so I grew up assimilating through osmosis a vocabulary. And I may not have known what they meant, but I had a, a hunch or an inkling of what yeah. their um, intuitive sense of how they talked about it in a conversation or yeah. in a context. So, all right. <clears throat> I'm living in the Garden of Eden. I'm trying to catch the ducks. I'm trying to catch the frogs. Right. I had a rowboat, and I would row. At that age, I would row away from shore with the rope tied. I was afraid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, didn't want to tip over and all that. And I try to catch these frogs, and I realize the timing, you know. Okay, so in a way, when I saw the sunrise or saw the sunset, the question was settled for me. Yeah, okay. I didn't make this. My grandfather didn't, and my father didn't. Okay, who did? The man upstairs. All right. And so that 
got my attention big time because I realized the glory, the glamour, the majesty. That's impressive, uh, at four. I, I mean, it was like, who could ask for anything more? Yeah. A, a nerdy kid that likes biology, he's got all the turtles he can try to catch. Good luck, because you're never going to catch one. Yeah. They're that fast, until you learn the secret. Okay. <laughs> Stealth. <laughs> Stealth turtle. It's like a football coach saying, I want you to show people that you can take a hand off and hide it. And they think you've got the ball. Yeah. That's stealth. And all of a sudden, the QB throws a pass, 25-yard screen pass or whatever. Yeah. And we got a TD. Why? Because they're able to mask what they're doing. And they're so good at it. So that's what you have to do with the boat. You have to sneak up and then just take the other paddle and lightly paddle around the log. Now the turtle is has its back to you and its head is away from you. You can't see. Whoop! That hand goes out. You got that turtle. But I'd let him go. Catch and release. Oh, no turtle soup. I wasn't eating them or anything like that. <laughs> Catch and release. I was a little too yucky for that yet. Okay. <laughs> so what happens is... Uh, this is all about... Figuring out the Bible and all that. Yes, and figuring out the Bible is we're at um, we're at the Catholic Church one day, and I love the pipe organ music. We had a gorgeous pipe organ in the old wooden church, and this thing, this thing would blast. You know, really. When the, and this guy was a great player. Yeah, right. I mean, it. The I building. Love, I love those old organs. Too. The building would shake. Yeah, and so would your body. Yeah. Okay, so I'm up on in the lounge or the loge. And here's this pipe organ, and it's got a rows of about, uh, oh, 11 seats and, you know, maybe 25 across. So 12 on one side, yeah, maybe right. 12 on the other side. Okay. And I'm on the right side all the time. I'm right-handed. So for some reason, I always gravitated to that side, and it would have been the tr- more the trouble. So I'm listening to the music, and I'd always watch the mass and didn't know what they were doing. You know, they were, yeah, right. they were handing out this white thing. I thought there were onions was yeah. the host, the communion. And I said, Mommy, someday I'll get to get the onions. And she goes, yes, because she was playing along with it. All right. So one day the nuns come in, and they had some type of conference. They took the whole right bleacher section. So I was forced to go to the left. And I went all the way to the left because maybe two or three little spots left. I look up on the right, on the right side of this church. And we're talking about... 45 pews up. Yeah, right. Okay. Where I look up and there's a crucifix, life-size crucifix with, I finally found out who his name was, but with a guy up there, the blood coming down from the crown, yeah, right. the yeah. blood from the spikes in the hands and then the piercing of the side and the feet. And I'm I'm terrified. Because How old are you now? At I'm, time? I am about four, four and a half. Okay. And I'm terrified because... I'm thinking, you go to this building, and that's what happens to you. Oh, wow. And, and it didn't do what, oh, that's Jesus, and he's going yeah. to come off the cross. Well, you know, I didn't get that message. I'm terrified going, I, I, I'm going to. Yeah, what's it, going on here? I'm getting nailed to this thing. Yeah. I don't want to die. So it terrified me. And my, I was crying. My mother comes out and said, it's time for you to meet Jesus. So we walked down after the church, walked down after the mass, walked down the center, and she said, "Uh, son, I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. And I was crying, so I looked up, I see the crown. I look on top of it, and we have this gold plaque with the letters I-N-R-I, Inri. Yeah. And I, I assume it's Greek or Latin or something that meant king of the Jews, because they had that inscription up above in in an ark. And I went, I said to my mother, once again, the language, when did he convert? He's the king of the Jews. Now he's Catholic. What happened? And what I'm getting at is the Lord got my attention in two big ways because a number of months later I got polio. All right. Yeah. Now, tying God into it, I'm in bed. My mother got to see me. They had one car. My father traveled five to six days a week. I got to see them maybe every two weeks or every three weeks. Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on. So my mother says to me before she leaves, she I was able to lean over now on my side and talk to them through the bed, uh, you know, the bed grate, right. grating. And she writes something on the back of, like, the fortune cookie before they had Lotto. It was blank. And they had a saying, you know, uh, open your eyes and you'll see better, that kind of a yeah. thing. At any rate, 
she wrote on the back of it in small handwriting, pray to God. And I opened it up. I started crying because in my mind, how do you pray? What do you say? And who's God? And I didn't know what to do, so I was crying. And I realized it's the intent. It's the intent of your soul, not the perfection of your words. It's not that you have to pray a prayer that's got quotes around it. Just, I mean, the Our Father's great, but just talk. Open your heart. Open your soul. If you're crying, you're walking in the rain and you're crying about something that happened. He hears it. And it's not like, well, you didn't do it in church, so it doesn't count. No. So you started praying when you had polio? Yeah. I I didn't know what to say or how to say it. I started then. And I'm going to say that what the good Lord did is got my attention. For those of you that um, find uh, some delineation of a word that defines you, the creation, the creator, I say this to people. I meet somebody, can you make me an ant, not out of metal, without a battery, right now? No, I can't. I said, I can't either. We're done. (laughs) Until you can do that, we'll have a talk about who made this place. Up till then, the words are fine. We're trying to describe that which is the unknown in language. Good luck. I mean, how can you do it? There's not enough words to right. do it. All right. At any rate, I'm just trying to be nice to people here and not, not have them become offended. The point is, I didn't make the place. Steve didn't make the place. I don't know who made the place. But I'm just using verbiage from the past to, in a sense, have a, have a language, have a conversation. How else can we have a conversation? We can hum, I guess. The point is... Here I am with two challenges. Who is Jesus? He was Jewish at one time, and then he becomes Catholic. What happened in between? The next thing is, you're not a healthy boy. You better figure out how to become healthy. And that set the stage for my life. Because I went out and started doing things. Now, to get into the Bible that I was holding, and we have a picture of there was a kid in town. I, I use his name because he's, um, he's a very uh, kindred spirit. In fact, I have to re, uh, re, re, re-hook up with him and thank him. What happened? This guy was a bully. So I'm eight, or eight years old, and he's, he's two years older. He's in my brother's grade, but in public school, not Catholic school. So I never saw him in school. Right, yeah. All right. So what's he doing? He and another two guys are running around the block trying to beat up the little kids, they called us. And I was a fast runner. Even with polio. Why? Because I, after I got through that stupor about three years, I, was, I learned how to ride a bike. You better believe my muscles and my legs. I, I realized the doctor said, you better work on your body and your legs. That's and kind of the therapy they had back then. You that's gotta, it. You the, pretty much got to figure There's no this out. hydrotherapy. Can you touch your toes? No. Okay, then you're going to need to do some work. Uh, you know, do some chin-ups, do some push-ups, try to work out with your feet. Uh, good luck. Yeah. And here's a lollipop. Have a good life. And, and once again, that's just because the luck of the draw, that age in the yeah, 50s, right. that's all we yeah. had. All right. So we're back to a gentleman by the name of Phil or Philip Nelson. And this guy was the little block terror. He lived about five houses around the block from me. So now I'm getting, helping my brother with his newspaper. And he cut the route in half and he let me actually drive and deliver newspapers for him. You know, first it was five uh, houses, then it was 10. And then he'd give me a little bit of cash on the side for peanuts and cups, uh, Milky Way bars, that kind of thing. All right. So this guy, I would have to come out of my house drive down the driveway with the bike of papers and look like a hawk to the right, to the left, in the tree, whatever. And once again, there's that agita, that scary anxiety, fight or flight going, where is he? I come around the block and there he is hiding behind a tree and I'm I'm pedaling my buns off and I, he just barely gets my shirt maybe and pulls it and he, he can't run fast. All right. One day he, I was walking down the street and he chased me now I was pretty fast just fast enough to beat him he's a little pudgy yeah (laughs) I didn't know he had an apprehension uh, uh, of heights he was scared of heights I didn't know that 
So I climb a friggin' tree like a squirrel. I have my Mickey Mantle Yankee hat on. Oh, yeah. And it hits a, a little twig or something. It bounces off. So what does he do? He spits in it. He goes gets dog manure and squishes it in it. See this hat? This is going to be your face when I get there. You know, that kind of terror yeah. stuff. And I'm up there terrified. I stayed up there for three friggin' hours. And because I didn't know, he left. Yeah, but he'd come back around the other house. This guy was relentless. Yeah. But it taught, taught me to see, that's for sure. <laughs> and look at every friggin' bush, look at every car, because is he under it? Is he behind me, one of the wheels? Yeah. Oh, it was like, <laughs> it was a torrential, that's classic, horrendous uh, fight-or-flight life. And uh, the only time I felt peaceful was when I was in my house and looking out the window and, okay, what's he going to try now? He's walking by, pacing back and forth. It's like, what is this, a friggin' lion waiting yeah. for the prey? Yeah. All right. Fast forward. Fast forward to about 18 years old. I'm working in a liquor store. My best friend had a liquor store, and I worked for his dad, his uncle. And it was great, you know, no problem. I wasn't excited about selling alcohol spirits because a lot of people were drunk and a lot of people had uh, alcohol problems. So that was the saddest part of it, that you're delivering substances to people. But you could always talk to them. And what ha- what happened eventually is I wound up preaching to people a little bit, you know, hey, there's a way to get off of this and not be so subject to it. All right, the, one day, this guy walks to the door, and it had a bell on it, so ding, you know, you're looking for the customer. Yeah. I look over, and my heart, it's going Philip crazy. Nelson. It's Philip Nelson. Dun, dun, dun. And the music was playing. <laughs> dun, 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 yeah. You think you're safe? Just when you think it was safe to go in the water, yeah. Jaws is waiting, <laughs> and you can't get out of the building. And once again, I knew he wasn't going to like beat me up on no. across the counter. But he comes walking up, and I see he's little. Yeah, well, I was lifting weights now, yeah. and I grew. He's still, like, little. I didn't know he was that little. Yeah, well, when I was littler than him, he was big. Okay. And I'm astounded. He has glasses on. I'm thinking, oh, he's wearing the glasses to hide. He don't want to get in a fight. You know, it's just Clark Kent in disguise. And so he comes up to me, and he stares at me. He goes, you're Mike Moreau. And I said, yes. And he said, do you know who I am? And I said, I certainly know. You're Phil Nelson. And he he looked at me. He goes, that's right. And he said, I'm here for two reasons. One is I, I need to apply for a job. I'm here for a month to help my mother convalesce. And uh, I'd love it if you could put in a good word for me. And I said, well, uh, here's the man right here. So you can speak to him. After. What's the other thing you want to talk about? He goes, I need to ask your forgiveness. Wow. I'm here to repent of what I did to you as a bully. Wow. And a tear comes down out of his eye, and I was floored. There's no script yeah. that would have worked from anybody else. I've listened to Billy Graham, all of it. Nothing yeah. worked. This guy, through the Holy Spirit, sent an arrow right through my heart. I went, I can't deny that something happened to this guy. And, it, and it's made him cry. And he had the uh, integrity to come back and ask me for forgiveness? Yeah. He could have blown this off and said, hey, I'm out of this town. I don't need to live these memories. He had what it takes. And as you mentioned at one point, the word uh, for the future, follow me. He did. Yeah. And uh, it, he became a wellspring. Well, he didn't get the job, but I had a part-time painting business. And I said, hey, why don't you come and work with my friend and I, Mike Hillebrand, another friend, who's now a pastor down in Tampa, North wow. Tampa. And that, that's another story for another time. Yeah. A wonderful story. Just one of those happy ever afters that blew my mind. You got a lot of cliffhangers here. Yeah, I'm leaving the cliffs. <laughs> Once again, it's not just cliffhangers, not just for Stallone. It's for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy his work, that's all. The yeah. screenplays, because, you know, not the dirty stuff, but I enjoy the fact that he writes things from his heart, and they can help people change yeah. to some degree. All right. So so he goes and works with you at this He works with place. me for the month, and every day he takes lunch, and I said, that's fine. I was a worker that worked through lunch. Yeah, right. And it was like, hey, I got I can eat a tuna sandwich on the lab yeah, while I'm painting. Yeah, not everyone's right. wired like that. And you. then I realized... This is weird. Out of nowhere, this guy comes from Madison, Wisconsin to visit. 
a divine appointment. Yeah. I didn't know the word then. But what is going on? If I had been in the restroom in the in the liquor store, I would have never seen him. Right. If I was delivering a delivery, never seen him. Okay. I saw him. He delivered the message, and he connected with me in a most profound way because I started to listen to his gospel. Uh, I'm going to say gospel presentations. He was well versed, well learned, and you know studied with yeah. different people. Yeah. And so when you listen to him, you realize you're not getting a con. Look, I need to sell you some stuff. I need to sell you a, a new mug with my church on it. He was just saying, "Look, it's free. Yeah, it's up to you to open the book." And I said, "Okay, what kind of Bible?" Because I had been reading Good News from Modern Man. It's like the cliff notes. Yeah. Yeah. But it opened my eyes because in our religious upbringing, we were not allowed to read the Bible. Okay. Unless the priest or the nun was present. I got you. Because you needed somebody to help. So that was your starter kit. Yeah. Let's not get you thinking. Yeah. uh, Or questioning. You have to have answers that are appropriate. Right. So at any rate. And so you have a young child. So Philip Nelson gave you the. He said. Go to the Christian bookstore, which is on X and Y. Fine, I know where it is. I've never gone in there. Yeah, right. And I, he said, it's good news from Modern Man. Great. It's a good beginner's book. Yeah. I suggest you get the New American Standard, which was probably appropriate at the time. Every Now today they got all kinds of different versions. And I said, fine, which one? Okay. I, he went down with me, and I, he pointed to one. I said, I'll buy it. And, and I that's bought it. it. That's the one? This is the one. Wow. The only one. And I start reading... Obviously, linearly, you start with page one. Yeah, right. You okay. read it like a book. And I'm not the person who's going to start reading copywritten yeah, title, right. who wrote it, you know, forward. No, no. I wasn't into that. I didn't have a mind to think about that. I had a mind to think of Genesis in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I, I get it. And he's talking about a Garden of Eden. Well, I grew up on one. So we had, we had a connection, by the way. And that was huge. Because now, my realm of foundational upbringing is I grew up in a Garden of Eden. I love how you just tie all this stuff together. Because sometimes, even me, when I'm sitting here talking to you and I've known you for just a short blip on the grand scale, it's like, where's he going with this? And then it's just like... You tie it all now, back together. And there I just, is a phrase I, I, have to, I have to mention here. A gentleman by the name of Paul Carter, Ph.D. Uh-huh. I'll have to look up and see if he's still alive. He studied with Milton Erickson, hypnotherapy. And for those that get afraid of it, okay, he studied with Milton Erickson to help you have a conversation and get rid of your uh, phobias, right. your uh, procrastination, your lack of motivation. You want to stop smoking. Okay. All he's doing is facilitating with language. You can do it very much like you as a coach. Yeah. Oh, you want to get a touchdown? You better be able to run faster than the defense. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> so there's a track. Yeah. Here's a stopwatch. Let's do it. Yeah. And start small. Going to run a couple laps. Okay, whatever. And eventually that guy builds up his stamina and he builds up his wind sprint. What do they call the sugar firing? Yeah. Synapses where he goes, I'm... I'm out of the gate, yeah, and I'm not thinking about it. And all of a sudden, who, who's that behind me? Yeah, they're behind you. Yeah, bye bye. Uh, same thing with a person on on bunting in baseball. You bunt that down the line, you better have a rocket under your fanny. Yeah, right. Get you to first base. Yeah. Okay. I taught my son that. Fuck. Another another conversation. All right. So I get this Bible, and it starts me off. And I have questions, and I have questions, and I'm finding different aspects of the Bible. And eventually I get through the Old Testament and go, okay, it's time for the New Testament. And I'm reading that, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the start of that. So I'm reading the Gospels. By the time I get to Paul, I'm confused. Because the language of Paul in Galatians and Hebrews has a double entente to it. In other words, he's hitting the tennis ball, and your eyes looking in the sun think it's going to be a lob. No, it's a friggin' topspin in your face, and you get hit. And you go, what happened? It's because of the way, the the angle of trajectory, which has to do with the astronauts. They're out there flying. They got a capsule. They got, I think it, don't quote me, you can look it up, 
I think the angle of reflection is two degrees. You're off by that. You're going out into space. Okay. Have a good life. You're in below that. You're going to crash and burn. You're going to blow up. You've got to come in at that angle to create enough friction to slow it down and land, not skim off yeah. the ionosphere. So that's what I mean by a lot of this. Meeting Phil Nelson, the angle of trajectory was two degrees. Maybe it was one degree. I was there. Yeah. And that was a domain appointment, just like when I met you. Now I have a phrase. You and I both have a phrase for this. And I'm asking God daily, do you have any divine appointments for me? Yeah. Help me focus so I don't allow the confusion to block it. When you wake up in the morning, you talk to the creator of the universe. Yep. And then he introduces you to who he wants you to meet. Yes. And it may be nobody. It right. may be a book. It may be a song. It yeah. may be you see a car or something with a license plate, yeah. you know, uh, He's one. Okay, whatever it is. So you... I'm, I'm reading um, uh, this little devotion that I wrote. It's a devotional. It's called Another Rep. It's in and the book. I, yeah, and I wrote it about, oh, uh, man, I can't even remember how long ago I wrote this book. Okay. Probably let, let me just say something. Three or here. four years ago. Now, Steve is a coach, football, other sports too as well. Well, at a football I made the money and I yeah, made my living. Yeah, but you are... Uh, you have a breath. When you have four children, you coach a lot of sports. Yes, whatever you can. <laughs> That's right. My uncle was a coach, and uh, oh, we need somebody to throw a discus. Hey, I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, there you go. That's right. <laughs> okay, I, what I'm holding in my hand is the book, uh, Another Rep, and it's got a guy. In a crunch well, it's position. That's my son. That's my oldest son, Nash. Oh, that, that, that's exciting! Yeah. It's, it's huge! <laughs> Look at this guy. He's got freaking Idaho potatoes from us. They're huge. Okay. Uh, he's a very strong athlete, and you can see the intensity and the grimacing on his face of you know, what is he lifting there? About 90 pounds? I, yeah, I don't know. What I mean, it it's freaking yeah. Godzilla stuff. Yeah, it's a dumbbells, whatever it is. 25, 25. Yeah, you know, I mean, like got a. Got probably, it's probably 50 pounds in this. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Because really. I used to crunch that. Oh, yeah. That's another story. <laughs> how I got into weights. Friggin' with another the sh- cliffhanger. With the shoes. Oh, it's, it's a It's a story uh, with an African American gentleman when I was in ninth grade. He saved my life because of my shoes. We'll get into that. Yeah. Time, okay, if we ever want to hear it. Somebody sends, hey, let me hear the shoes story. Okay, another rep. Is so I a- started reading that like. Uh, 70 something days ago because I started doing I started doing this fitness thing about a redoing I should say redoing a fitness uh, regime when I was about 145 146 days ago or so well I was doing something else and then I found this on my bookshelf and I'm like you know what I'm going to start reading another rep every day Okay. Because I haven't picked that up in a while in quite a while yeah and so I started picking it up again and then rep I think I'm on rep 72 today, and there's one rep for every day of the year, 365 reps. And so rep 72 is uh, basically what Coach Holtz used to say to us at, at uh, when I was coaching with him at Notre Dame. Hey, son, you either don't know or you yeah. don't care. Fantastic yeah, quote. You either don't know or you don't care. Yeah. And he just kept it real black and white, real easy. You know, you either don't know or you don't care. If you don't know, hey, I can help you. Yep. I can coach you up. I can help you. If you don't care, I'm not sure who can help you. Yep, yep. Exactly so right. It kind of, you know, I said uh, earlier, I had said this when I was uh, talking just with myself earlier. I don't think Coach Holtz invented that. I think maybe God did when he was writing the Bible. Yep. And through us, he wrote the Bible, right? Us meaning Moses and Paul. Humans. And, yeah, people. Yep. Peoples, all us peoples. But, hey, this is how you know. I'm giving you this manuscript, this this book yep. of how to know. If you don't care, I'm giving you this book. So if you don't care, that's on you. Yeah. Now, you got to fix you. The only, one that can, <laughs> the only one that can really fix you is you. I, I believe that. You know? Yeah, well, and do you, so mind, it's either do you, you mind if I write that down? What? The only one that can fix you well, is you? <laughs> well, it, I, it's driving me to a place of uh, what I want to do with the phrases I don't want to say yet. Oh, okay. Where they're going to wind up. There you go. Or. Yeah. Uh, 
What is that? Well, we're going to have to tie a, tie a bow on this conversation okay. anyways. Well, but, um, I got another minute? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say that Another Rep is a fantastic book. I've read one of Steve's other book, which is called Coach Em Up. Fantastic book. It's user-friendly to read. And once again, if you've got reps, this isn't like you're going to have to read 40 pages. They're just basically statements. A phrase, two phrase, three phrase, maybe a short paragraph of five sentences or something. But it drives you to think and it drives you to the place where you can get the answers to your life. What does it mean to you? You either don't know or you don't care. Think about the 71 years you've been, you know, perusing this planet to be the wordsmith that you are. And uh, so what does that mean to you? Well, what it means, it's huge. You either don't know or you don't care. Well... Because he got my attention, I realized I don't know anything because I'm just a kid. I'm trying to be, they're trying to teach me their yeah. history, whatever. Yeah. And there's something else going on here that's hey, really. Hey, I'm 59 years old and sometimes I don't feel like I know anything. Yeah, and, and the more I learn, the, the, le- the less I know. And that's I realize right. that. It, this, is, this is like you trying to take a sip from the ocean thinking you're going to gulple it up. It's not going to happen. No. <laughs> one sip at a time, as they say, one bite of the elephant at a time. All right. Yeah. I'd rather use, instead of thinking of biting an elephant, I'd rather use take a sip of the ocean, try to drink it up, waterboard, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's going to win. So once again, especially for me, when we look at the enormity or the immensity <laughs> of that, yeah. you know, we're sitting 15, the horizon. Yeah, we're sitting 15 yards from the shoreline, and I mean, you just look—it's just water, water. It's just water, it's water, phenomenal. H two O, and we're only seeing the top. We don't see yeah. how deep it goes. Yeah, so. it's chasms, fathoms yeah. deep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At any rate, uh, for me, in in closing. Uh, that means that meant for me. You better figure out what's going on. And my my answer to myself was, "How do I do that?" And that's what started the journey. And then I serendipitously ran into people like Phil Nelson that at least helped me with my ship. Let's say I was yeah. sailing in a little uh, little um, sunfish. You got rocks there. You better steer to the shore because. You're going to rip the bottom of that, the hull of that boat out. Yeah. And I would steer away and get get grounded. I started reading the Bible to get grounded. So I wasn't so aloof to the history of the the people that wrote things down on in cuneiform or on papyrus. They did it for a reason, because they discovered something. They wanted to pass it on, pass it on. And uh, the gleanings are spectacular. Oh, man. And all you have to do is avail yourself. This is where yep. you don't know something. Get a, get an oak tag. I got an oak tag on the wall. Get your Post-its. What are you doing? Number one. Put it on top. What am I doing? I don't know. Put it on the friggin' wall. I don't know. Put the Post-it up. I don't care. Put it up. Now over here, what can you do? I can learn. Yeah. I can read. Well, what, what do you want to learn? I want to learn about the Bible. Okay. Get a Bible. There you go. And and I realize people are frozen in procrastination because they think they don't know what to do because they've never been guided. They need a coach. There you and go. And the coach says, look, okay, you all want to be great football stars. You all want to be a quarterback. We're only going to – we're going to try you out. If you've got an arm to throw and you've got the mind to get the plays, we'll lock it in. Yeah. And three or – out of 100 people, they cut, then down to 40. Okay, we're going to cut again. Okay. Gideon's we got, army. We got, yep, we got three guys that can throw the ball. One's not so good. He's left-handed, but that's an asset when you want to fool that's right. the defense. Okay. All right, and the rest of you guys, okay, you're, you weigh 380 pounds. You're 6'2". Get on that line. <laughs> you're a steamroller. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, you you can run um, you can run the uh, the hundred yeah. hundred yard dash. Great, you're you're an, uh, an endsman yeah, or you're right. a halfback. Yeah, yeah, fullback. You're a bulldog. Yep, you're a friggin' bulldozer. Yeah, eat them up. Yeah, and that's how that works. You know. Yeah. Thank you very much, oh, Steve. Oh man, this has just been a great morning, and it's, it's just been so fun. The beach is starting to fill up, and um, we're just gonna. Uh, Enjoy a little bit more here, but uh, we're definitely going to get back together and share more because you've left us with like five different cliffhangers. So, but that's just another rep, right? Yeah.
We'll get another rep with Mike. Yes, and Steve is a cliffhanger in in and of himself. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes by my fingernails. Every phrase this guy says I can cliffhang. (laughs) Hey, welcome to another rep. We love it. Make it a great day. We'll talk to you later. Hey, hope you really like today's show. You should always be repping, right? Let's go get another rep. Make it a great day. I'm out.